Timmy Boy Riggins. What's going on, man? What's going down? Not much, you know, just do my thing, I guess. You don't come around very often anymore. Ferrets miss you. Right. They're depressed. <laughs> hey, boys and I are fixing to go hunting. Grab some beer and come with us? Actually, I gotta take care of some stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do, huh? All right, man. All right, you guys have a good day, all right? Listen, Tim. Hold up, man. I miss you, you know? I'm worried about you. Worried you might get in with the wrong people, do something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's now, why don't you tell me where the hell my money is? How'd that taste? You got till the end of the week, pretty boy. I'll shoot your knees off. Let's go. Good luck at the game on Friday. So it looks like the uh, ferret uh, guy situation seems to be rearing its ugly head finally. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't expect it to wait this long, a whole episode later. Uh, usually someone in that industry would notice their money missing pretty quick and do something about it. But, um, yeah, I hate to side with the ferret guy, but you let Tim off pretty easy for, you know, stealing three grand from a drug dealer. Like, honestly, I was expecting a lot worse. Yeah, I think we mentioned this before. Right. With the, the two episodes ago, when they took the money, I, I'm pretty sure we mentioned like this is a stupid idea. You know, like this guy may not be the brightest bulb, but he's also not the dumbest either. Like he's going to put yeah. two and two together. Obviously, $3,000 went missing the same night that Tim's stuff was taken. Gee, I wonder what happened. Exactly. You know, like... Ugh. Yeah, he may be stupid about most things, but, you know, about the his career, I'm, I'm sure he knows a little more than the average Joe. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I guess it's one of those problems I had with two episodes ago with the whole Riggins brothers, you know, taking the money. Just because if you, they would have taken three seconds to stop and think, hmm, what are the repercussions for this? they wouldn't have taken it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that they were in dire straits, you know, like we might have to move kind of dire straits. And so I, I get the temptation. I mean, but look, since the moment they took that money, every time somebody knocks on the door, you know, they're like grabbing bats and knives and, and ready for war, you know, like <laughs> they know the repercussions are going to come eventually. So it's not like they're they're dumb. Like they knew after they took that money, they went home. It was like, oh shit! Now what do we do? You know, like now we have to live in fear our whole lives. Right. Yeah, they know this is a dangerous guy, right? They're not they're not that dumb. Uh, so they know what they're in for. It's like the intelligence level of the ferret guy, and I hate to say it, the Riggins brothers are about the same sometimes. You know. Seriously, it, like. <laughs> They really are. It, it's sad. I mean, I don't think Tim is, is dumb, but there's moments where it's just like, oh, come on. Your IQ dropped like 30 points in the last five minutes. <laughs> like, no kidding. Like, you walk into a room and uh, is there a gas leak and suddenly you've you know gotten hit with, hit with the stupid stick? Like, come on. <laughs> You're smarter than this. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. So... Uh, yeah, so anyway, he gets the, the shit beat out of him. Uh, <laughs> and like you said, it could have been a lot worse. 
right? Yeah, he could have lost a few digits. But remember, I mean, this is actually pretty amazing because this is in broad daylight. Like, this isn't at yeah. nighttime. Uh, they didn't follow Tim to a secluded area somewhere where Tim just happened to, unfortunately, be at a bad uh, spot to get his ass whipped. But, I mean, this is literally him coming out of, what was he in? I think, a, was he getting beer or something, maybe, I think? Yeah, he was getting beer. Right, so he comes out of... Because they used it to, like, beat him over the head right, with right. beer bottles. So he comes out of there, broad daylight. There's other cars around, other people. They don't care. So, I mean, if that tells you everything... You I'm not getting involved with this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just the, the fact that they're willing to do this in broad daylight tells me, A, they're that pissed, and B, they don't feel like they have anything to fear in general. So, yeah. I mean, it takes, you know, it, it takes some guts to, to do something like this in broad daylight and not feel like a cop could be, you know, flying down the road towards you at any second. Yeah, you know that Tim's not going to, you know, call the cops or anything either. That they don't have to worry about that. No. So what are you going to say? Like, uh, I sort of stole three grand from a drug dealer and now they're after me. Like, well, that's your problem now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then look, what are they going to do? Right. I mean, they know that they're in a quandary. They don't have any real uh solutions to the problem right they don't have like they're not going to go get that three grand they don't have it so what do they do you know that's that's the scary thing and yeah. the full breadth of their mistake and the ramifications of that mistake they're finally understanding gee maybe we shouldn't have done that but unfortunately it's too late you know big time too late <laughs> um yeah, this is a, an interesting episode, to say the least. There are, uh, I think, some some really good things I like about this episode. There's also a, a couple things I wasn't all that um, jazzed about. But let's continue with the Riggins storyline. So he goes off to to talk to Lila <laughs> while he's, you know, she's at the church. There's this big congregation there. Everyone's up and they're dancing. Uh, I'm just going to continue calling him Logan. <laughs> right now yeah because i can't zuckery still has his horrible hair yeah that's that's such terrible hair it's all i can look at when i see him <laughs> is that hair and i can't take his character seriously like i just keep thinking like man you're gonna turn out to be like a child molester next episode aren't you because that's what your hair is telling me right it's so <laughs> you could be a nice guy but that hair is like mm. it's such a reflection of the personality that he has or like the op opposing personality to like Riggins or pretty much anybody else there, right? It's like it's like the exact opposite of Logan on Gilmore Girls, where his <laughs> hair was kind of like all every messy, messy, you know, I mean, beachy, yeah, you know, like preppy kind of thing. This is just like as basic as like you can get. Like his mom cuts it, right? Or like he tr like tramps down his hair every morning. Or something. I don't know. It, it's just, yeah. it's like a representation of his personality or his lack thereof, <laughs> I think, in many ways. Yeah. So, yeah. So Riggins uh, goes and tries to talk to Lila. He just got beat up and she's like, what's wrong with you? What, what, what happened? He's like, I got, got beat up. Uh, need to talk to you. So he won't leave until she agrees to come to his house. Uh, and and she does, right? And and he, you know, she He's walked. Got like a candlelit dinner oh, yeah. all set up. It's yeah, it's all this whole big setup. Like, and she takes takes one look at it, and she's like, "I'm out of here." You know? Like, nope. Yep. <laughs> you know, and the the ensuing confrontation starts this way. I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. Come on in. Okay. I uh. Oh, sit down. I made I made some chicken. You what? I made some chicken. Like really uh, good. No, no, no. No, seriously. No. Just no. Just. Just sit down, please. This isn't me. I'm sorry. 
these candles. I don't, even, I don't even know what that was. I just gotta get something off my chest, Gary. <clears throat> no, I don't think that's a good thing. Hey. Seriously, wait. Wait. Why? Don't. Garrity, I love you. What? I love you. How am I supposed to react to that? Brutal honesty. It's such a shame that it's just Please. It's never gonna happen. Is this, I feel like I have to go. Because of this Christensen guy no. or what? You can't tell me that you've shared whatever we had with this guy. You can't tell me that he knows everything I know about you. You can't tell me that. I don't believe you. Be honest with yourself for two seconds and look me in the eye and tell me that you don't feel the way I feel about you. And then I'll move on. I don't feel the way you feel about me. Move on. So, what were your thoughts when this scene ended with uh, this declaration of love from Tim? She's now. I'll admit. I mean, he seemed very sincere about it. I mean, this wasn't a. This wasn't Tim bullshitting Tim, you know, look where he's just kind of trying to use his charm to get what he wants. I mean, this actually seemed pretty legitimate to me. Yeah, I agree, but it felt so like, I can't believe we're still here. Like, why is the storyline still happening? It's like, you know, as long as the Lila and Jason story went on, it's like, do we have to keep going back to Tim and Lila? Like, we need to move on. Uh, but I do like, I'm on Lila's side. Like, she's been down this road. She knows where it goes. And she knows where her feelings are. Why, you know, do that? Why give up something that she thinks is good for something that will probably end in tears? Because that seems to be every relationship with Tim. It ends in tears. Um, I don't disagree. I understand her character's point of view. Um, right. I mean, regardless of our thoughts of Logan, whatever. I can't think of his <laughs> name right now. That guy. That guy. Um, you know, in terms of the character's point of view, I understand and I agree. I mean, look, he seems like he's a nice guy, right? Um, there doesn't seem anything particularly bad about him in general. I mean, we haven't seen if there's any you know, skeletons in his closet or any, you know, dark urges, uh, a la Dexter or anything like that, but not yet, not yet, <laughs> but at least at this point, you know, it seems like pretty normal, I guess, overall, nice guy. So I understand from Lana's point of view. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, necessarily want to give that up either for someone who is, shall we say less than reliable. Yeah, you he's know. unstable and not somebody you can, you know, plan a future hang with. your head on. Yeah. Yeah, that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, hang your head on. Right. Like, you can't put your faith and stock in them because it's going to end in tears or just disappointment. Yeah, at least at this exactly. point. You know, maybe yeah. maybe that'll change. But from what we know, at least, that's, that's Tim. You know, unreliable, self-serving, you know thinks of himself for often for far more often than he thinks of other people in general. Um, he certainly has the potential to be a stable and re reliable human being, but he makes poor choices and luck is just never on his side either that it's not right now. He can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, at this point, what we know of Tim is that he's not someone who's more often than not going to come through for somebody else, much less himself. And, yeah. you know, we've seen him in very sweet moments, like Bo. I mean, that maybe the best that we've ever seen Tim was when Bo was in his life. Yeah, and, truly. And we saw what a nurturing, fun, caring, uh, sometimes even carefree person he was in those instances. Now, 
uh, jump forward this season, things have been a little rougher for Tim. Um, but he comes at Lila with no warning. Just says, I love you. I'm in love with you. And that's that. And look, we saw how the last episode ended, right? He brings flowers. He sees them kissing. Which, you know, by the way, as we said, like, okay. Um, big surprise. Cringy trope. <laughs> big surprise, right? I mean, of course yeah. he walks in in that moment. But, you know, that that's the way the last episode ended. And, no, I'll give him credit. He's doubling down here. <laughs> but uh, maybe taking a few steps back and thinking of a different approach maybe or i don't know don't show up and with a bloodied face and then figure that that's going to be endearing in some way right because it's not it's like you said it's not a sign of stability when you know she comes to visit you're still all marked your face is all marked up from whatever fight you got in so you just stole three thousand dollars from a drug dealer you admitted it but you're going to, you know, let her know how much you love her. It's like, oh, yeah, I totally love you, too. Let me just get in my car and drive away. Right. <laughs> as fast as I freaking can. <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> so, um, but whatever feelings or lack thereof or friendship or whatever you want to call it, uh, it does come through kind of, you know, Lila shows back up. And I'll give her credit for this. Um if you thought maybe early in the season her change of personality, her desire to be uh, more Christian-like and, and all that was more of a temporary uh, convenience for her to, I guess, try to adopt a new personality, be a different person, uh, get away from the person that she was last year and all the baggage that came with it. Uh, you know, she seems like she's changed you know she shows up when she doesn't have to hands tim three thousand dollars and says pay this guy off you know so so maybe there isn't romantic feelings there anymore but she at least cares enough about tim to want to make sure that he isn't dead yeah because yeah three methods after you that would equal deadness yeah but yeah with her regarding to her new Christian nature, I do think, you know, in the beginning it was certainly just a crutch for her to, you know, mend mend some broken pieces of herself. And, you know, she it ended up taking it to heart and it became a part of her life. And I do like that, you know, she has become this person. I think it actually suits her personality pretty well. Right, I do. I like, I like what I've seen from her. Um, yep. I think this is also the best that... Um, Mika Kelly has been on this show is this season. I think she's done so far her best work uh, in the show. This is this personality, this this direction for a character. I think as an actor, it's really working for her. And so I think performance-wise, I think we've been seeing some pretty strong performances. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I completely agree. This is. Yeah, some great acting on her part, and I really like that this is the direction her character's going in. Yeah. Uh, so Tim goes off and knocks on Ferret Guy's door, and with Billy, with Billy, and they just like they just want to hand him the money and get out of there. But of course, yeah. uh, Ferret Guy's like, understandably so, considering that you just stole my money a few weeks yeah. ago. But uh, he forces them to come inside while he counts it. It's all there. And, yeah. uh, but things don't go smoothly. Nope. I like Billy. So stupid. It drives me crazy. Like, honestly, like if I was this drug dealer and somebody stole money from me and they had it for a week, I personally would expect a little interest. <laughs> like, I don't think that's out of the question for somebody who stole money from me, you know? Yep. Uh, so he was letting them off pretty easy. He just wanted the money back and gonna let them go and then billy had opened his stupid mouth <laughs> yep and get real trouble and i mean they, i mean they're out there they run out the door they get in the, the truck and they can't start it initially and and I, I like how the ferret guy he just walks calmly up pulls his handgun out pointing <laughs> he's literally pointing it at the side of riggins's head before they manage yep. to get it started and and hightail it out of there um, right over the medium. Right over the medium. Or whatever that thing was. Yeah. 
and it it's just mm, yeah okay it's the Reagan's boys so <laughs> yeah like if one of them's not being stupid the other one's being really stupid yeah it's oh, it's terrible it's like this storyline can't end because nope. <laughs> now they are gonna kill you nope <laughs> this is not gonna oh. be good um nope. okay so so that kind of ends that storyline let's let's talk a bit about about tyra um, yeah we get to see tyra lots of her this episode t- tall tall drink of water that she is apparently uh yep. is, is quoted <laughs> by by tammy um and what did you think? I mean, I just, I, I just want to straight out ask you, what did you think about this, the storyline, the, the, how much we got to see Tyra in this episode? Like, what were your general thoughts here? Well, I always love seeing Tyra, but seeing her in a athletic uh, setting really works for her. I mean, she can kick some serious butt and seeing her be aggressive with other people, like she's definitely a force to be scared, scared of. And, um, uh, I really love that you know, she used the uh, hating Tim Riggins to drive that force and gets to hit balls at him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I did. I like that. I'm like, he's already beat up enough, Tyra. Leave him be. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, it was. I like that a lot. So let's set the scene here. We have uh, Tyra over at the at the Taylor's, right? Um, dinner's being made. Looks like Julie can now hang out with Tyra again, which is actually awesome because I really like that that, that dynamic, you know. Yeah, same here. Because we like, don't really, I really miss that. We don't really see either with like girls who are friends, you know. You don't see. I mean, Julie kind of had that one friend. Uh, it's kind of been sporadic throughout the season, a couple episodes maybe, where we've seen her with a friend, but yeah. by and large, you know, not much. And Tyra, same thing. So. The fact that we get to see some interaction between two girls and their the friends is is pretty great. And considering that they have very different personalities, it's just a different dynamic in our, in our friendship. It's not just like two people who are so similar. Of course, they're friends. It's like I wouldn't necessarily call them polar opposites, but they're definitely towards that end of the spectrum, you know? Preach. Yeah, it's like they complete each other in their own ways. Like what Julie lacks, Tyra has uh, to, you know, show support to her, and then what Tyra doesn't have, Julie has to, you know, give towards Tyra. And it's a really nice friendship that you know, it, they're not just like identically boring it, that completely get along. It's nice that they have you know, this chemistry that you know, great friendship has and. I missed this relationship quite a bit. Yeah, let's talk about another relationship here, which is the relationship between Tammy and Tyra. It's a very yeah. Interesting... I like that this is developing more too. Yes, and it's very interesting, and it's kind of amazing how you could actually say that in a lot of ways Tyra seems more like Tammy's daughter than, or uh, yeah, Tyra seems more like Tammy's daughter than Julie in a lot of ways because. Tammy and Tyra seem very similar. You know, you like you, you get the sense I get the sense that like Tammy was once a lot like Tyra in her when she was, you know, growing up. Just in like her personality. Like they're both kind of like spitfires. Like you can see that in Tammy, obviously. We we've seen that on many occasions. And as the co- the coach of the volleyball team, you can definitely see that. And obviously we know with Tyra, you know, she's got some spunk. We'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And there's this, I don't know, really nice respect between the two of them. Like, it's not like, hey, I'm the the older uh, authoritative figure that's, you know, guiding you. Like, she has that side of her, but it's more of like, uh, I don't know, it's not not even motherly. It's more like, you know, a sister talking to a little sister, uh, trying to, you know, She's also a girlfriend to her, but also somebody who is trying to lead her down the right path. And that's kind of the vibe I get from them. Well, I think that Tammy and Julie, in their own ways, in different ways, are stabilizing influences. You know, yeah, they, big time. they reinforce the positive aspects of, of Tyra's pe- character and personality. Like yeah. when you see her over at their house, for instance, I mean, 
this is like the closest she's ever experienced a warm, loving household. Yeah, she goes back to her house and it's like a war zone, you know? Like, it's just drama and, you know, just not healthy environment, no. <laughs> to say the least. No, you're right. You know, she goes to the tailors and it's just like... They're all talking. She and Julie are chatting away. She and Tammy are chatting away. And, you know, they have dinner and it's a fun time and the food's good. And it's just like, it's like being on vacation for her. Yeah. You know, like getting to be in a healthy environment that you, she can intellectually talk to each person without having to, you know, scold them for anything or. Uh, having to feel bad about herself she you know she feels happy and confident in their presence and uh, it's really nice to see that family aspect there you know yeah so i i like the i do however like the friction that we see in this episode with with julie because you know because there's this rapport between tyra and tammy Okay, you know, we just talked, I just mentioned a few minutes ago that neither Julie nor Tyra have any real girlfriends, you know, to hang out with. And so in this instance, we see the downside of having two parents who are athletically inclined, or at least are coaches of athletes, (laughs) because we see that uh, Tyra is convinced by Tammy that you know, being in a sport would be good for her chances of being in, in college. And uh, all along this episode, from that point on, we see Julie making little digs. You know, oh, they're 0-7. Oh, but they're 1-7. You know, it's just these constant little things. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just, just volleyball. You know, there's all these little things. And, you know, I understand. You're stealing my friend away. Yeah, you don't want your mom to be friends with your best friend. That's just a weird teenage dynamic. It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen, or at least not on this level. You know, if she's just coming over and hanging out, they're hanging out all together, fine. Uh, But I think when you're talking about this, it's different because, you know, instead of hanging out with her, she's got to go to volleyball practice. And she's going to be hanging out with her mom all the time in volleyball practice. And it's all that, which... You know, for Julie, just isn't exactly her idea of fun. And there's just a little bit of just jealousy there, you know. Um, I, I think it's a little tinge of the jealousy between because there's a relationship between Tyra and her mom, maybe. Because um, there is that closeness, I think. But I think it's probably more along the lines of her being jealous of i guess of her mom i get a little because her mom gets to hang out with tyra but she's like i want tyra as my friend i want her to myself because she's my friend <laughs> you know yeah so yeah it's true uh, i like it though it's it makes for just an interesting you know, friction between them all yeah yeah uh and not a whiny friction like it's like okay i understand where she's coming from i mean this this is not that the julie drama crap we've had to deal with most of the season where you're just kind of ruling your eyes in this instance i can see where she's coming from and i understand it even if i also understand the other side as well you know yeah it's when it's not whiny teenagery then i appreciate it because i just can't stand that uh i really felt like um this reminded me of in gilmore girls when uh tammy reminded me of paris when she was telling Rory, you know, Harvard loves this kind of crap. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, this will look good on your academics. <laughs> I completely felt that from her when she's like, uh, yeah, you know, sports would look great to a college because they look all around. Right. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, how nice. <laughs> it, just, it just happens to be that I need you to do this and therefore I will pull that card out and use that. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we have this whole volleyball thing going on. Um, but we also have some Landry stuff as well in this episode. So I'm going to ask you right now, what would you think of her? She's smart and she's cool, yeah. but she's not Tyra. And <laughs> I feel like Tyra looks at her like something to be crushed. And I can just see this not this 
world isn't going to treat that girl very well. Tyra won't let it happen. This place isn't big enough for the both of them, is what you're saying. Nope. <laughs> Only one can survive, and it's probably not going to be her. It's going to be Tyra. Because Tyra, yeah. through force of sheer force of will, will eviscerate this girl somehow. Yep, that word was in my brain. Eviscerate. It's exactly right. Uh, yeah, she, she looks like she has a backbone, but she's a little scared to use it, and I would be too of Tyra. Like... When you're interested in somebody who dated Tyra, you might as well just throw in the throw in the towel now. <laughs> yeah, because there's just no chance. It's not often that Tyra loses. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, this was interesting. I liked it, um, and I like the character. I think she's cool. Um, I like that she's a metalhead. Yep, but I guess the one complaint that I have is almost like she's too perfectly drawn here is like this i mean if tyra didn't exist let's say for a second tyra disappeared this would be his dream girl right here right i mean yeah like and i don't believe it because you know if you hear the word crucifictorious and don't roll your eyes then you're obviously a robot (laughs) right but it's just that you know she's interested in like all these things he's interested in you know, they're both exceptionally smart, like really smart. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's like this perfect girl just for him. And it'd be one thing if she was introduced like way, way back, you know, and had popped up here and there, but then like became a more important character as the series went along it like organically in that way. But she's kind of yeah. like, boom, she appeared and she's perfect girl and they are partners in, you know, chemistry or whatever they were in and yeah so i mean but i mean that's you know it's kind of a minor criticism i mean otherwise i think you know as a character she's great and she certainly provides a foil for tyra yeah and she's like the female landry and you don't want to date yourself that's just awkward you want some you know differences and some you know pushback not somebody who's just gonna agree with everything you have to say that's boring you know you have to have some differences right uh yeah so we have that whole drama going on throughout this episode so that was uh, interesting to watch uh what else we got going on here um oh so we have street who is now selling cars because his vehicle yeah. <laughs> it needs repairs. It's going to cost half of what he has left from the settlement money. Um, so for rent. And so he gets a job through buddy who now let me ask you a question. Buddy like walks up. He's all concerned. He offers uh, Jason a job. I've, I've noticed a trend in buddy's, uh, personality when it comes to people he's had previous differences with he treats them very well he doesn't seem Mm -hmm. to hold a grudge you know and my only the only way i can look at this is if it's not something that he has a personal problem with with regards to you he'll treat you like like you're someone he's he's loved his entire life you know, yeah. like it's, he's not, you know, engaged to Lila. He's not involved with Lila anymore. He can't drag in her in his words. I, I believe his words would be drag her down to yeah. whatever terrible life he's going to lead or is leading or whatever. So for him, it's like, OK, you know, this is Jason Street. He's Panthers quarterback. Uh, I'm going to do great by him. And that's that. It's good publicity too to have the previous star quarterback as a sales associate just like it was good publicity to have matt's dad you know an army yep. vet uh working there that's, so that's very true he definitely uh, there is a, works both ways there's a perk there you're right there is a perk yeah <laughs> so uh i like how the woman swindled that first sale off from underneath his nose by telling him there was a uh what a what did she call it like a Point system. point system yeah and and of course there is no point system which he later found out what a heartless woman right. to swindle a cripple right <laughs> you're so awful right. like have you no soul so basically all those bad things you hear about car salesmen wrapped up in that tiny True. little blonde package 
Right. So she just looks like pure evil too. Right. Right. Like she wakes up in the morning ready to eat like Jason's streets for breakfast. Um, <laughs> like no one's getting in my way. Right. So, uh, yeah. Um, but he does learn how to do a much better job. He ends up selling a guy who previously just would come in and look at this one vehicle like two or three times a week. And he, he finally finds that Jason, you know, street, uh, charm that exists and that intelligence and puts it to good use, finds a way to convince Gerald that, Hey, look, take it from a cripple. You only have one life to live. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Life can change in an instant. Right. He's like, look, this happened to me in a second and my whole life changed. You can't guarantee you're going to be here tomorrow. If you want to, if you want this truck, you better take this truck now and it works yeah i guess this guy had been going for like four years too i'm like who does that going twice a week there's the internet look at pictures on the internet (laughs) you literally drive down here twice a week to look at this car for four years it's crazy it's crazy spring for the newer model (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah so anyway jason yeah he finds his swagger finds the thing he can use and he uses it and it works out and he makes a sale goes home seems kind of bummed i don't know maybe just like hey i I did it but this isn't what i want to do but herc's like hey we're gonna go out girls dancing food and it seems like to perk him up a bit and they get ready and and head out for a night of girls and food and dancing and whatever else they can get into in his typical herc way yep yep I love him. I love that he's on the show. Right. Yeah. I know. Like, I remember you were first kind of like, man, he is an asshole. And then <laughs> after like a few episodes, you're like, he is hilarious. <laughs> this is the best guy on the show. Right. Like, he's hilarious. Uh, speaking of guys on the show, let's talk about um, Saracen. Little Maddie. He's feeling. not seen very much this episode. There isn't a lot. He's feeling the love pangs. Uh, Carlota is is gone, and turns out Grandma has kind of forgotten a little bit. Like you know, she knows that she's. Oh, first she doesn't remember that she's gone, but then she does remember, but she can't remember why she left. And the whole time, Matt's just like, he's in like autopilot. He's just trying to keep going. I must have watched, like, an edited episode or something like that, because this was not in the episode I watched. Oh, wait a second. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm I, like... No, 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 no. Uh, sorry, everyone. That's my fault. I, I had gone to the next episode and watched, like, the first two minutes. Sorry. <laughs> wow. That's my fault. Um, wait, I'm, like, so self-conscious. I'm like, did I, did I miss a scene? Like, no, 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 no. no. It's my fault. You can, you can all eviscerate me when you listen to this. Chew me out. I just I had gone into the next. Actually, I had forgotten. You know, like you know how like it goes to the next episode right away, which we're watching on Netflix. Yep. And I was just like not paying attention, and I'm like, huh, okay. And then I realized like, oh, I'm like two or three minutes into the next episode. Oh, click that off. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> and I just entered Can't my head. Stop. Um, now let's talk about Smash because that's the other yeah. big thing that happens in this episode, and. It starts out with with him sitting down with a lawyer, and he's got to listen to a proposal, and this is what that sounds like. Couldn't have done this. Tell me you did not do this. Mama, I told you he was talking smack to Noni. Why am I supposed to let it happen? You were supposed to walk away. I done told you a million times, you got to be better than other people. Let me lay out your options. If we make a case that Brian felt threatened, was defending himself, could lead to a messy trial. If he's found guilty, it's likely a judge will throw the book at him. On the other hand, given that the injuries weren't too severe and Smash is a respected athlete, I'm pretty sure I can get the ADA to cut a deal. Deal? What, what kind of deal? Well, he pleads guilty to a misdemeanor. Then we'll no. go. F- no, hell no. Listen to this man, man. I don't need to listen. Listen to your mother, would you please? Look here, I'm not gonna sit up here and let you throw away everything because of your big. Ignorant ego, you hear me? If making a deal makes this thing go away, we're gonna listen to what this man has to say. Now please, go on. Good afternoon. I appreciate you taking the time to allow me to speak on the altercation I had last week involving a group of white teenagers. 
I struck someone which I shouldn't have done. And I want to apologize to him and to everyone for doing so. I also want to make it clear that I've learned from my mistakes and assure you all that it will not happen again. Smash people are saying you hit him because he's not Coach, how's your team feel about this? So, what did you think of this proposed by the lawyer? Did you feel like Smash had the right to be angry about it? Did you think he should have just said, hell no, I'm not you know, making a deal, I didn't do anything wrong, or he started it, or whatever. What were your thoughts here? It's so absurd that he has to do any of this. Like, would there be charges actually laid because they're just kids having an altercation? Or is it because that there's, like, it's racism and hate crime involved that, you know, there would be an actual, I don't know, charge against him or something like that like that just seems crazy to me that it would elevate to something like this well if you assault somebody physically you know they can press charges and considering what part of the united states this is in um <laughs> you know it i mean look it's certain parts of the u.s the more against specific you know uh people and or can be at least not a guarantee by any stretch but you know i mean the, the guy made a pretty solid case which is hey look if they go forward with this he's gonna have the book thrown at him you know so yeah. he's being honest here he's like look if you don't make a deal this is probably not going to end well for you so we making a deal is the way to go um i felt bad for smash i i you know, look, he he could have just grabbed his sister last week, just grabbed her hands and we're out of here and left. But he did punch the guy. I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve it <laughs> by any stretch. The guy deserved worse. He deserved it. <laughs> A I, lot worse. Yes, I, I definitely, definitely agree. You know, he deserved it and worse. But Smash could have done any number of things in that situation to just get out of the situation. But he didn't. And unfortunately, given where he lives and everything that goes on and his stature in the community and all that stuff, it unfortunately led to this point. And he he has a choice. Take the deal. Don't take the deal. Don't take the deal. Bad for you. Take the deal. This might be manageable, salvageable. Yeah. And so he does. And as you saw in that in that clip there, he's standing in front of the cameras. He's apologizing. He says what he's got to say, but his face says everything, too. I'm saying the words, like, but I'm not really saying them. Yeah, but this is bullshit. It shouldn't be happening. Right. I'm not in the wrong. Uh, I can't... It blows my mind that that has to happen you know, for a teenage football player to actually do that. But Dylan, Texas... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, this whole episode, it, it's poor Smash. Um, do we want to get into uh, the Applebee's scene where the reporter comes and harasses him? Sure. That is yeah. insane. So he apolo that he apologizes, and then um, you you hear the you see the clip of the the kid he assaulted or attacked or whatever coming out saying that uh, he just basically comes out and, and uses the weight of the media against him. And yeah. uh, says that Smash is a thug and, and all this other stuff, all these things against Smash and, and just stereoty stereotyping black people in general, you know, the usual, you know, nonsense. Uh, oh, pity me, just I'm you know, I didn't do I didn't do kid. anything I didn't do anything wrong. He just attacked me. Um, I'm blameless here, all this stuff. Yeah. You know. All that crap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So of course they come the app the, the reporters come into Applebee's and they throw the microphones in front of Smash's face. Smash has to see this being said. And of course, given the fact that he didn't want to say what he had to say in front of the camera anyway, he just blows up and says, you know, I I should I could have he deserves so much more. I, I should have given him more than what he got. You know, just just goes on the offensive. And I just like I slowly put my head in my hands. I'm like, no, like this is so bad. And, but it's like it's horrible that a reporter can actually go into a public restaurant and harass somebody like that. Like, can't you like sue for that? Like, this is America. You should be able to sue him for that, especially when it's a kid. You got to leave a kid alone. Like, that's just blows my mind that that can happen. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know what he says there, it, it comes down hard on him. Because oh, ultimately, his 
words have consequences and and the school board decides to suspend him for three games and so that is he can't even play in the playoffs right nope well not the it's not that it's the rest of the regular season before you even get to the playoffs I think there's a few games left in the regular season, so if they get into the playoffs, yes, after those three games are up, then he could he could play again in the playoffs. But it's the rest of the remaining games during the season, because oh, okay. there's only, I guess there's only like three left or whatever. So he basically is is done for the rest of the regular season. Once they get in the playoffs, then then yeah, he can play again. But with him well, not being on the and- field, there's no guarantee they will make the playoffs. You know. Because and would this mean also that TMU might drop him? Well, you know, uh, anything can happen. You know, when you exhibit bad behavior, if you get arrested, if you do, they can pull your scholarship offer. If you Ugh. do something that could make them look bad just for being associated with you and you having done bad things, regardless of how things went down, that, that they don't want... Someone like that on their football team, if they're going to cause problems and be lightning rods for, you know, controversy. So I don't like where this is going. Well, we will, <laughs> Poor Smash, you did nothing wrong. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, anyway, um, that just ends up being bad for Smash. And the, his face and Eric's face say everything. They know what yeah. it means. This is going to be really hard for us. This was not what we needed. And unfortunately... We're all going to pay the price. Yep. Landry's going to have to step up and be the new Smash. Just like Matt had to step up and be the new Jason. <laughs> but, oh, wait, it's Landry. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I want to I step back for, for a moment. Um, I wanted to mention a couple things here before we wrap up. So the I want to go back to that relationship that exists right now between the, the triangle between Riggins and Lila and... Uh, Logan and uh, how much or no not how much how little like romantic spark there is there between like this triangle of people at least with Smash and and um, not a Smash with at least with Riggins and and Lila and Street there was like this history this this burning anger you could feel like something the history was there it was a taboo triangle There's, yes with this it's just like oh god it's a boredom boredom is what i call yep. it so it's not my favorite even, aspect of the whole even watching her kiss him is like ugh, it's cringy yeah it is cringy. there's no heat behind no, it no no and it's pretty bad when you can't find a way to be you know attracted to you know matt uh choosy so zuckery zuckery whatever yep <laughs> whatever it's a weird name hey, I, can't, I can't i can't you know look at a name like that and actually get it right <laughs> so yeah anyway um yeah if you can't feel you know spark and heat and attraction there then you're not human you know i think most people would agree good looking guy you know so yeah <laughs> i'm not saying you know for everybody's like their cup of tea but you know think for a lot of people it probably works quite well so give logan a haircut and then maybe they'll be sparked right right throw just a, push it back gel it up throw, throw him on the nice. back of a motorcycle and you know get that hair flying in the wind and maybe things will be different right <laughs> so yeah um i just wanted to yeah i just wanted to mention that because it was just like oh god there's nothing there there's no heat nothing that's true nothing yeah so all right, so let's get into the uh, final final thoughts and grades for this episode. So what uh, your final thoughts and what's your grade? I like this episode. I mean, I think the episodes have been taking a uh, steep incline upwards, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. slowly making their way back to the quality that they once were in season one. Uh, I think this is definitely one of those episodes that's taking a few steps up again. Um, I, love, I love seeing Tammy and Tyra. I love seeing Tyra and Julie. I love seeing Tyra and Landry. So basically it's a home run for me <laughs> with anything with like Tyra in multiple settings. I love it. Uh, seeing her kick butt in volleyball was pretty cool. Um, I think definitely sports is a good 
path for her. She kind of reminds me of like um, in Mean Girls when the, the one girl found like she was super aggressive in sports. That's what I picture Tyra to be, just like kicking ass on like a field. That's totally her. Um, I feel so bad for Smash in this episode. Um, I don't see anything going well for him in the next episode. Same with Riggins. I'm going to be surprised if he keeps all his fingers and toes. Because, oh man, that's just stupid. But all in all, I really like this episode. Um, it's definitely solid. I give it an A-. minus. Okay. Um, yeah, I pretty much concur you know, with everything you said there. I mean, uh, a nice summation of the the positive aspects of this episode. You know, the negative, um, pretty much what we talked about. You know, there's no real spark, no chemistry there, at least at the moment, between the uh, um, Mika Kelly and... Uh, Matt Zuckery. Yeah, thank you. You can fill that in for me. <laughs> uh, the new Jackie. The new Jackie, right. That's a, that's a nice way to put it. Um, yeah, just some, you know, a few boneheaded, dumb decisions uh, by characters that uh, ought to be smarter than that, just basically because they grew up in Dylan and are, they should be a little more aware of the things that go yeah. on. It'd be nice. one thing if they were, like, out of town or new to the area and didn't understand the dynamics and the politics of the, you know, all that stuff. That's one thing. But these two are not really they're really not dumb they just do dumb things and so you're just like roll your eyes like oh god okay they don't think 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 things through no. it's about instant gratification yeah so but all in all uh, a good episode i liked you know like i said tyra was in a lot of this episode we got to see tammy julie that whole dynamic was great um we got to see landry landry's new friend who happens to be a girl and the whole like fire burning in Tyra's eyes when she looks at her kind of thing is always great to see. The um, slamming of the water cups just down in front of them. It was hilarious. It was I loved it. Um, <laughs> that said everything you need to know. Um, the burning jealousy that exists there is, is fantastic. So anyway, um, all in all, though, I agree. And I have to give this an A- minus as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about accurate. All right. Uh, I guess that's it for this episode. So... Uh, we'll end it as we always do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, Can't lose. lose. <laughs> okay. Close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good night.